Chat with Traders is sponsored by Trade the Pool. Are concerns about limited buying power, insufficient capital, or fear of losing your own money preventing you from advancing your trading capabilities? Trade the Pool is an online stock trading prop firm that offers funding for stock traders. Demonstrate your skills, trade their capital, and keep your profits. You can engage in intraday trading and now swing trading on Trade the Pool with any U.S. stock or ETF. The procedure is straightforward. Pay an evaluation fee, successfully complete the evaluation, and get funded. Visit tradethepool.com forward slash chat to learn more. You've seen the headlines. Bonds are making a comeback. But if you've ever tried to invest in bonds, you know what a clunky, complicated, broken experience it can be. That's why at Public, they took fixed income and fixed it. Now you can find, evaluate, and buy thousands of bonds with an investing experience designed this century. Add fixed income to your portfolio with corporate, treasury, and municipal bonds. Go to public.com forward slash bonds podcast to get started. This podcast is sponsored by Public. Full disclosures can be found at public.com forward slash bonds. The biggest secret of the best traders in the world is that they're just like everyone else. However, they've worked hard to learn the markets and discover what works and what doesn't. But how can you hear about these journeys and get in on the strategies and tactics they use? You can do it by listening to Chat with Traders. Here's your host, Aaron Fifield. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Chat with Traders podcast, and this time you're listening into episode number 32. So let me just say to start this off, I've actually received a lot of requests for this week's guest in recent months. Maybe it's because he's a straight shooter who doesn't mix his words, or maybe it's because he's bounced back from a multiple harsh failures to become an exceptional trader. Whatever the reason may be, I know for certain you're going to appreciate the raw honesty and insight of this week's guest, Dan Shapiro. Coming up from humble beginnings, Dan called on the neighborhood loan shark to fund his first trading account, which got him through the door to one of the largest prop firms at the time. This is where he rubbed shoulders with many phenomenal traders who helped shape him into the trader he is today. In this interview, we ultimately focus on the mental and psychological aspects of trading. So we discover some of the darkest moments from Dan's trading career, how to handle losses and grind through slumps, trading the setup and not your P&L, and why you should care more about trading right rather than being right. So all in all, Dan was really great to talk to, and I trust you'll enjoy this episode. And actually, it may even be worthwhile for you to play this through twice, just to ensure you don't miss anything. And of course, all the show notes and links, everything that's mentioned during the interview can be found at chatwithtraders.com forward slash 32. All right, guys, I'm Aaron Firefield, your host of Chat With Traders, and here is this week's guest from New York City, Dan Shapiro. Dan Shapiro, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? It was a pleasure, Aaron. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks a lot for coming on. How's your day been? Uh, Was it a good day trading? It's a good day. We're all alive and kicking. Everything else is a cherry on top. (laughs) I like it. Look, thanks a lot for coming on. I've actually had a number of listeners uh, mention that I should get you on the show. So it's really good to have you here. And appreciate it, man. Thank you. You're welcome. And I know you've got an interesting story to tell. You're well experienced and speak about trading in a very raw 
and a very honest way, which I certainly appreciate. And I'm sure everyone listening is about to also. So don't hold back with your answers. And um, I mean, let's just start from the very beginning. So share with us how you initially got started trading. Where did it all begin for you? Cool, cool. So just a very brief, I know some of you guys know my story, some of you guys don't. Uh, I am in the New York City area. I grew up in Brooklyn. Um, a lot of my friends, um, you know, a lot of my friends were stockbrokers. If you guys remember all that crap that used to, was going on in the 90s, um, a lot of them went away to camp <laughs> for, for a little bit of time. Um, the rest of us who were fortunate enough that weren't good at it, uh, we had to do something else. So I went into uh, the restaurant business with my dad and this, uh, some other guy. And that business basically blew up in about a year, year and a half. And I kind of needed some direction. I really didn't have any direction in my life, uh, which was kind of sad. I mean, <laughs> I mean, looking back at it, it really, it really is sad. And um, one of my friends who uh, unfortunately two years ago passed away uh, from cancer, he started, uh, he was also a stockbroker at one point, and he was started trading in a place called uh, Generic Trading, uh, Carlin Financial. And for all your listeners, if you Google uh, Carlin Financial or uh, Generic Trading, and the, if any of you guys have heard my interviews with Lucci and uh, Pete from uh, the Lucci Group, uh, St. Lucci Group, um, you know they Carlin Equities uh, slash Generic Trading was one of the biggest uh, prop uh, prop shops uh, from about 1999 to about 2000 and whatever it was, 2005, 2006. And then uh, they sold their business to the Royal Bank of, uh, not Royal, uh, RBC, RBC, uh, Royal Bank of uh, Canada, one of those, RBS or RBC, one of them, for exorbitant amounts of money, basically for their uh, execution system and all that stuff. But um, so my friend was there, he was there for two weeks, he blew out of his account and he told me about it. And I was like, hey, you know what, let me, let me give it a shot. I don't know why. Um, I borrow, I had no money. I literally had no money. I borrowed money from, uh, a neighborhood loan shark, which probably wasn't, uh, the smartest thing to do, but again, where am I going to get the money? Right. Um, I, re- I really don't have any too many choices. So I went, uh, to generic trading and I got hired by, uh, one of the partners. His name is Ron Shear. If you guys Google Ron Shear, uh, he's just, you know, he's just a, you know, a pretty, pretty known, respected guy. And that's where I met uh, Meyer Offman. Meyer turned out to be uh, one of my uh, mentors. Uh, and there, from there, uh, you know, 1999 rolled in uh, for the first, you know, first year. I made money the first month, and then didn't, didn't see a check for the next year or so. And then the internet craze rolled on. Uh, just to kind of fast forward the story, um, you know, it was pretty damn good. <laughs> pretty good. Um, you know, we did, we did, we did all right. You know, we did all right. I made a lot of great uh, lifetime friendships uh, with some of these guys who, if you Google, uh, they've turned out to be huge fund managers and uh, uh, just, just, just a great group of core guys that we met along the way, learned a lot from each of them, took, try to take a lot of attributes from all of them. Uh, the driving force behind my early success was definitely Meyer Offman, uh, probably top five best traders of all time from the prop world. Uh, guy made, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, you know, we all traded together. It was, it was pretty awesome. And like I told, uh, the, the Lucci interviews, um, you know, I was a byproduct of the internet craze and, um, you know, at first it was, it was great. 
but the reality is nobody knew how to trade back then. Uh, we were all products of uh, the, the, you know, the, the sidewalks that were paved with gold. Uh, all we did was buy dips uh, after three days of uh, buying and um, you know stocks would gap up 20, 30 points. And uh, that was for about a year and a half. And then the reality struck that it was just more to that because uh, after 9-11, everything changed. Uh, and I said it before, and, uh, and I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, you know, I did it very well during the dot-com era, but then 2001 rolled in, 9-11 rolled in. Uh, I had an office of generic trading uh, with when NASDAQ was at 5,000. And when the planes hit the building, my business completely fell apart. I lost a lot of my own money. And it took me basically about two, two and a half years to figure out what trading was. And uh, I didn't make money for two years. And that's the reality. Uh, I didn't make any money for two years. And the one conversation um, you never want to have with your spouse, I'm sure a lot of your uh, listeners will really appreciate this, you know, um, you know, that conversation. Well, you know, Dan, you, made, you, made, you did all right. You know, you did all right during the internet craze. It's two years later. You, you haven't taken home a single uh, check. It's time to do something else for a living. You know what I'm saying? And when you're a trader and you hear that and you had um, some pretty decent success, the last thing you want to have is that conversation because reality really kicks in. I mean, the reality really kicks in. And bad enough during that time, I was incredibly depressed. Uh, the best parts of my uh, um, you know, days and nights were going to sleep. I used to literally certain nights just, just sob myself to sleep because I couldn't believe how much, how fast I completely crumbled down to the earth and had no control of, of trading because there was no path to profitability. There was nothing. There was no guidelines. There was no blueprint. There was nobody there to help me because everybody was in the same shoes as me because everybody was, again, the products of the dot-com era. And again, when people ask me about how great those days were, yeah, they were great. But you know, I, you know, it was great also when I was 16. I'm not 16 anymore. I'm 41. And, you know, as much as I'd like to reminisce when I was 16, as much as I'd like to reminisce when during the dot-com era, the reality is it's a completely different market right now. And the greatest thing about um, the dot-com era, um, those two years that I didn't make money, it really made me appreciate what happens when you actually go on a good run. So when I finally started making money once again, roughly around 2000. In the middle of 2003, towards the end of 2003, once I started making money again consecutively, that's when I really, really appreciated what I went through. And a lot of the new traders, I'm sure a lot of your new listeners are, are, are going through the same thing. And I always tell, you know, I always tell you know, the people in my live webinar every single day, there's no difference between me and you. There's absolutely no difference. Um, Trading is a byproduct of your process. I don't care who you are. You could trade uh, credit swaps. You can trade derivatives. You can trade bonds, e-minis, whatever you want to trade. Okay, You are a product of your process, and there's nothing the market can do to you that you can't do to yourself. So once I started really figuring things out, it kind of clicked for me there. And uh, trading for me, in my opinion, uh, it, it, you don't need to go back to the drawing board uh, every single time. Uh, it's more about tweaking it's more about recognizing what you are doing wrong and just completely stopping it. And I know for a lot of people, they're so emotionally attached to trading, uh, and that's a whole different, you know, that's a whole different story. Uh, they're so emotionally attached to trading, they can't see what they're doing wrong because they're so 
Um, they're so absorbed by what they're seeing on social media, how fantastic it is. People are on vacation, trading off their iWatches, <laughs> trading under a pool. I mean, who knows what they're trading? And the, the sad part is uh, there are a lot of really great people out there that will show you things, but you know you have to let go of all your bad habits, and that's you know pretty much the first stop for kind of cutting yourself off, you know, cold turkey and starting to the road, you know, to prosperity. All right, that's excellent. So, what we'll do is, since you've recently done a few interviews with uh, the guys at Sang Lucci, I'll link to those in the show notes. So, if you want um, sort of a deeper insight to Dan's journey. Um, sort of from day one to to current times, um, you can check those out. So they'll be in the show notes at chatwithtraders.com forward slash 32. Um, definitely check those out. They're awesome interviews. But um, I'm, I'm really keen to sort of not recycle old information and get into some sort of the, the meat of this interview and um, get into some some actionable advice. So Let's let's not brush over those few years which you you talked about how you just lost money. So you were day trading, you were showing up every day to to trade, and for two years straight you just lost money. W- what motivated you to keep going, and why did you keep going and not quit to go find something? See, easier? see, here's yeah. See, here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. Once you taste, because re- you keep this in mind, okay. I grew up very, very poor. Okay, I grew up in the Brighton Beach section of Brooklyn, and you know it is a predominantly um, middle to lower class um, people. It's the reality. And my mom was a manicurist. My dad was a waiter. My dad eventually left my mom. My mom was on on welfare. So I I grew up very, very poor, incredibly poor. All my friends grew up incredibly poor. And the one thing that I never wanted was to be rich. I just wanted to be have enough money so I can eat. That's it. So when you go back to those two years, and I caught my first bit of pretty decent amount of money during you know during the heyday, it was discouraging that I couldn't figure out how to get back to there. So it wasn't more of it wasn't much of motivation. It was more of I didn't have any other options. You know what I mean? I didn't have any options because I couldn't quit a business that I've tasted a very good amount of success in a, such a very, very short period of time for that year and, you know, year and a half run. And that's all it was. I mean, for a lot of people listening, you know, listening, you know, dot com wasn't 10 year run. It was it was it was 15 months. That's all it was. It was 15 months of of the greatest euphoric. I mean, people look at it now and see. You know, like ITK goes from, you know, five to 18. They're like, oh my God, you have 25 ITKs a day. You know what I mean? They're all giving up ranges of $15, $20 a day. Um, So it was more of desperation, man. I was hanging on for deal. I had no, I had no, I had no plan B. So I, you know, my plan B was, was killing myself. I mean, that was my plan B. I mean, I mean, just to keep real talk, that was plan B. You know, this didn't succeed. I was going to take myself out. And uh, that's where the emotional, you know, the emotional hate started coming out of me. And I, and I really uh, took this business for what it is. It's not this euphoric love fest that everybody uh, thinks they, you know, thinks they're in love with. It's, it's, a, it's, it's torture. Uh, every single day to this day, there's vomit coming out of my mouth. And these are on good days because there's always something that agitates me about trading. And when you finally come to the realization that trading is nothing but a job, 
okay? You're going to treat it like a job. And that's why there are no highs, there are no lows, it's work, okay? Um, whatever the market gives you is the market takes because I am a swing trader by nature. In the last two years, I haven't seen a run that went straight up since, you know, since uh, the bottom of 2009. So this was all, all new to us, okay? This is all new the last couple of years, this whole unicorn effect, this whole QE, it's all new to us. So we don't expect the market to keep going, going, going. So at some point, about a year and a half ago, I just stopped putting on positions. I, I had two, two positions on, three positions on, five. But I used to have you know, 10, 12, 15 positions on all the time. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. So going back to kind of what my motivation was, it was a pure act of uh, desperation. Because uh, if I didn't succeed, you know, we probably would not be sitting here. And that's you know, completely real talk. I've, I've, you know, I've um, spoken to many traders that went through mentally and psychologically the same scars uh, that I went through. Um, and uh, the most important part is uh, to be strong enough to kind of wake up the next day. I mean, that really is the strongest part about it because uh, it's depressing, man. It really is depressing when you go from uh, when you go from highs to lows and you can't get back to that, you know, you can't get back to that top of that the heap again. Um, I mean, basically that was my motivation. Just, uh, if I, if I couldn't figure it out, you know, me and you were not having this conversation today. Yeah. Right. No, I appreciate you being so honest with that. So what's, uh, how do I say this? So, so you were making money initially and then you went through a, a period of two years when you, you lost money consecutively. What was Every it? Day. Yeah. What was it that changed so much? Well, first of all, it was that it was that kind of uh, wake up call by my wife, and she's like, "Listen, you got to get a real job. Uh, you know, we have bills. Uh, you know, the you know the bank account is depleting. Um, so you got to you know you got to get your your stuff together." And uh, you know, one night I remember, I just opened up my uh, I forgot what system I was using before. Was it Reuters or whatever the hell it was? And I just started looking at charts, just just thousands of thousands of charts. And I wanted to figure out what am I doing wrong? What am I not seeing? Where's the correlation? Where is the advantage? Where's my edge? Where's the ability to find something and hone a process and absorb a process that can get me, forget about to where it was 99, to get me where I can make $100, okay? Take home that check $100. Because people ask me all the time, how do I make five grand a day? How do I make 10 grand a day? How do I make 20 grand a day? And my answer is, is always the same. You have to figure out how to make $100 a day first. Okay. So my goal was figure out a process. Forget about the process. Figure out in the charts, okay, what is going to be there that I can make $100. That's it. Where can I make $100 and we'll go from there? So I started looking at a bunch of charts and I started back testing and back testing thousands and thousands of charts. And I noticed something back then, which, I, which is so ironically that I, that I, it, it's kind of the backbone of the whole hashtag PS60 theory. I noticed that stocks, and I didn't know, I didn't use the word supply back then or, or demand back there, but I noticed stocks used to trade in intervals, okay? Just like, uh, just like climbing upstairs. So, you know, if you're going to go to the top of the Empire State Building, you're not going to jump from step one to step 15. You're going to go step one, step two, and you're going to stop. Take a breath, right? Step three, step four, take a breath because you're tired. Step, you know, on and on and on and on. And I started looking at all these things that I heard people talk about. 
moving average. Well, what the hell is a moving average? I used to buy .com. If, you know, if Yahoo went from you know, 260 to 220 in three days, I buy the 220, Henry Blodgett would, 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 would upgrade it with Merrill Lynch, and this thing would be 250 the next day, 260 the next day. So there was no such thing as technical analysis. So I started looking at all these things. So what are these moving averages? What are they? What is this? Why are people using these things? And I, and I, and I put it on my charts, which I never used before. Again, it, it, was, it was, I mean, we looked at charts just to see the direction where a stock can go, but it was never an instance of, well, you know, if the RSI goes to 90, it's over, it's overboard. If the MACD cross, I don't know what these things are. I still don't know to, to this day what MACD and RSI are. I'm not that smart enough, okay? If, you, if a stock is up 12 days in a row, I don't need to know that the RSI is at 95. The stock's up 12 days in a row. I could tell it's overbought. So back then, it was more of, let me figure out what these things mean, okay? And what I started noticing were that stocks go, and again, I didn't use the word supply back then, but I started noticing that stocks go from supply to supply, which we use in modern day now, and stocks go from demand to demand. And the only way they ever have a clear path to the goal line is if all these moving averages, all these supply zones, all these linear regression lines, all these Bollinger Bands are out of the equation. Other than that, they are all stocks that are trading within ranges. And people hear that all the time. Stocks are trading within ranges. The problem is a lot of new traders are can't tell the difference between a stock trading in a macro range within a micro channel uh, or a stock that's naturally organically coming out of a channel. And that's why you see a lot of stocks hit supply, you don't even realize it because again, nobody's ever explained that to you. Hit supply, get rejected, bam, bam, you're out of your money again. Again, you sit back and you sit to yourself, well, I'm the dark cloud, Something, you know, the evil bug is on me, somebody is putting a voodoo doll on me. It's not that, it's just, again, you know, majority of stocks, they don't, you know, they're not tradable. It's just the reality. Most of the stocks are not tradable. They're, they all move, but they're not tradable. And uh, the problem with uh, most traders and, and you know and most and most traders tell me is number one they have no patience. Number two, when you're a young trader and it doesn't mean your age, you have pretty much no bank. Let's be honest. You know when you have you know not everybody borrows money from loan sharks to trade. Okay, so normally you don't have any money. Uh, normally you don't have any pain tolerance. Normally you don't have any uh, technical education. What you see is you see is on social media, which is, you know, 90% of it is all, you know, is all a gimmick. Let's be honest. Uh, I mean, I trade, I'm trading 16 years. I've traded with, with some of the most phenomenal traders out there. And I know when they're struggling, when I'm struggling, I see some, some, you know, 22 year old kid talking about he's hit the last 60 trades in the same market I'm trading for. It, it, it's, 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 it's comical, but it's okay. You know, it's okay. I wish everybody the best. Um, but the ironic part of trading for me and the whole mental uh, mental cycle was trying to really desperately figure out what everything meant, okay? And uh, I just went countless hours, and then I figured out what the common denominator for stocks that were working uh, and stocks weren't working. And um, what I came to find was there was an arbitrage, and that arbitrage uh, turned out to be um, supply that was confirmed years later by um, uh, by um, um, by a pivot, which I use now, uh, and is confirmed on a sixty minute cycle, which has been kind of a godsend for me where we are present day. But uh, yeah, man, that was <laughs> I, I don't even remember what the question was, but mentally, but mentally, man, that was it. I mean, that was um, you know that was a kind of a big deal for me at that time, out of pure desperation. Yeah, no, that's that's an excellent answer. And just while we're on that subject and you are looking through these thousands of charts, you know, 
day after day. What were you actually looking at? So if someone's listening and, you know, they're, you know, not yet profitable, they're, they're still losing money most, you know, let's just say months, um, you know, struggling to, to find a way to exploit the market. And they go through looking at all these charts. What sort of things can they look at on these charts to try and find some some common denominators that that might lead them to profitable trades or, or help find an edge? Well, here here here's 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 what here's what kind of my my open ended question, everybody. Number one, and I talked about this on on my original interview with Pete uh, with Lucci. Number one, you have to figure out who the hell you are. That's number one. Okay, you can't be somebody else, and that's why I, I believe all these alert services are probably probably the worst thing that can that can really uh, curb the progress of a new trader. Okay, because they're looking at social media, and one guy is making everything look so phenomenal. So when they can't duplicate the results, again, emotions kind of kick in. But you have to figure out who you are. Okay, do you want to be a swing trader? Do you want to be a scalper? Do you want to trade e minis? Do you want to trade options? Uh, do you want to trade um, you know pairs? You know a lot of people trade pairs; they're very very successful. Uh, do you want to be a rebate trader? I know guys still to this day trade rebate and still do very very well. Um, you know what do you want to be? I mean, what do you want to be? And the, the magic answer to that question is: there's nothing on a chart. Okay, on a specific chart that is going to jump off the page and say, this is the right thing to do. Okay, there's nothing. Everything is trial and error. So I can tell you, hey, Aaron, look, here's what I look for, right? In a normal uptrending market, here's what I look for. I look for a stock that puts in an initial move, bases out for at least five days, and once it gets above that initial move, I buy the stock. Okay, fantastic, Dan. You've done everything what every other trader has done for the last 25 years. Okay, great. But here's the, here's the problem. When you look at a chart, okay, you're looking at a very gray area. You look at the top of the range, you look at the bottom of the range. In between, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of gray areas, which I've discussed in, in, in nausea. Um, there's a lot of, there's thousands of moving parts within uh, a little, you know, a little, a little bubble, okay? And the problem is you can't just look at a chart and say to yourself, well, if the stock breaks 25, because that's the high for the, you know, for the last uh, seven days, I'm going to buy it. Here's the problem. If you don't know, okay, where your supply zones are, there could be a supply zone, right, at $25.06, okay? Stock hits that supply, and for, for all you guys who are new listeners who have never heard me talk about supply and demand, um, supply zones are, let's use, just use it to the upside, okay? Supply zones are where emotional buyers meet technical sellers, okay? And if you don't know that supply zone is there, you are going to get rejected 90% of the time, and then the stock is going to fail, and you're going to say to yourself, "Well, this doesn't work." Or again, um, you know, the antichrist is in me. Uh, there's a poltergeist in my room. Something's wrong because everybody else is making money except for me. So the very bare essence of a chart will never paint the picture, okay? Because again, there's so many different grenades within that chart, within that cycle, within that channel that you're looking at. If nobody's ever sat down with you and showed you what those things are you will never be able to even anticipate that there's a monster coming in potentially out of the closet and you will lose money consecutively um, and eventually, again, roll out that revolving door uh, that many traders, unfortunately, uh, have to uh, 
uh, have to face reality and go out of. So uh, it's 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 a very it's a very tough answer. You know what I'm saying, Aaron? It's a very tough answer. It's it's not as simple as well. Here's what I look for: Magdi Cross. Well, I don't, well, Dan Shapiro doesn't know what what a Magdi Cross is. So how can I explain to you what a Mag if a, if a stock Magdi's right? Um, yeah, man. There's there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. I think. Uh, the longer uh, the longer you do this for a living, uh, I think, and it kind of using it in a poker uh, poker analogy, I think the more hands you see, okay, uh, the more chances then you'll figure out that how the movie ends, okay. And I say this all the time: the new trader, the modern trader, the whole um, you know the whole renaissance that we've seen in the last several years that everybody's kind of jumping back into day trading. Um, the reality, you know, the reality is they're not um, they're not prepared. You know, they're not prepared for uh, all these moving parts. They're just not. It, it's just a, a scenario of uh, looking at something black and white. You know, and, and taking it for fair fair value. But with all these different scenarios that are out there with high frequencies and um, you know different you know different uh, you know, hedge funds placing you know placing different. I can't. I don't want to go into that, but there's a lot of moving parts, and I, I think what a trader needs to do is uh, watch a lot of hands, play a lot of hands, but play the premium hands. Okay, so not every single day is tradable. Uh, as my second interview with Meyer Hoffman, he said, you know, this market you can sit two, three days and not catch a wave, and on the fourth day, uh, like the stars and the moon, uh, everything aligns, and you'll make your you know X amount of dollars. So. Um, it's a different tape, man. It's a different tape. It's for, you know, it really is for, uh, responsible traders, responsible adults. Uh, you could be the nicest person in the world. And I say this all the time. This is the only business in the world, uh, that, you know, you could want it bad enough. You know, I hear it all the time. Do you want it bad enough? Yeah. You could want it as bad as you want. It just, it doesn't translate into you being successful. Um, it's like, you know, you know, yeah, I want to be six foot two, but if I don't put on, you know, my wife's four inch heels, I won't be six feet tall, six two. So you can want it as, as, as bad as you want. Um, the reality is, you know, you, you, luck does play a big part of it. I'm not going to deny, uh, deny it being in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, gave me basically a couple of years that, that I bought my time. I basically bought my time um, you have to look at premium setups once you figure out, you know, who you are, what type of trader you want to be. Um, and then you really have to avoid, you know, shooting yourself in the foot. Cause again, I say it all the time, you know, there's nothing, um, that somebody else can do to you that you can't do to yourself. And, uh, once you figure out what not to do, uh, I think you'll be okay. I think you'll be okay. And the most important part is it'll buy you time. It'll buy you shelf life to figure out where your specific edge is. Okay, I really like that. That's that's an awesome answer, Dan. So, are you a developing or seasoned day trader who trades the U.S. markets? Is the only thing stopping you from getting to the next level is having enough capital to trade? Trade the Pool is a unique online stock trading prop firm that funds stock traders worldwide. Not having to risk your own capital can help you focus on other things like making better decisions on your trades. There's no PDT rules to worry about. You got more than 12,000 stocks and ETFs to trade, long or short, and professional tools at your side. How you get funded is you show them your skills through a straightforward evaluation process. Once you pass the evaluation, you get funded and trade with their pool of money and split the profits. Don't let the lack of buying power, capital, or fear of losing your own money prevent you from taking your trading to the next level. Visit tradethepool.com slash chat. 
to learn more. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We've talked about how you lost money, you know, throughout that two-year period um, in, in quite depth. So... Let's talk about how you go through losing periods these days. Sure, they're not quite as, as dramatic as two years at a time, but you know, you still go through losing periods. I mean, everyone does. So how do you stay in I don't know, good spirits? How do you how do you keep your head up through losing periods and how do you break out of that? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question, Aaron. As we previously discussed, I, I, I get tons of emails all the time and they're never they're never asking me, well, what do you think about this chart? You know, again, what I think about a chart is irrelevant. Um, the question always is, how do you make it through, man? How do, you, how do you do it? How do you mentally stay afloat? And, you know, there, there's, a, there's a great answer to that. Number one, and here's my advice. Number one, guys, turn off your P&L. Turn it off. Um, you know, turn it off. I, I, you know, I completely, I don't even know where my P&L box is on my platform. Turn it off. And the reason why uh, you have to turn off your PL is number one, this whole business is all or all uh, emotion versus reality, right? The more you're emotionally committed to a trade, the more chances than not you're going to completely mistrade it, and everything you're going to do in this trade is wrong, and then everything is going is to happen after the, the trade is over. Is probably going to make you angrier and angrier because eventually the trade will probably work out your way. Okay, so the first thing to do is turn off your PL. Okay, uh, number one, and here's kind of relevant advice here. Also, you want to turn off your PL because if you're having a good day, and I hear this all the time, Dan, I have a thirty thousand dollar account. Okay, what should be my goal for the day? And my answer to that is, your goal for the day is to make it to the next day. Okay, which has nothing to do with your PL. And what happens is when you're trading, you're trading well, okay, if you look at your P&L and you say to yourself, well, my goal is a thousand bucks for the day, okay, you hit your goal within the first hour or so, and then I know a lot of traders, they'll shut off, they'll shut off their day, for the, they'll shut off their day, right? They'll completely shut off the day and they'll leave. Here's the problem. The day that you can make their thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five grand, whatever it is, whatever interval you trade, whatever tier size you trade, the day you can make that money really, really quickly, you don't realize it, but you're playing a premium hand. You're playing the kings, you're playing the jacks, you're playing the aces, you're playing the queens. Okay, so that day is turning out to be a premium hand. And what you're doing is you're taking a pair of aces and you're putting in a bet of 50 bucks. That's basically what you're doing. And you're telling the guy on the other that's playing against you, I'm all in for 50 bucks. And once you hit that pot, you say to yourself, okay, I'm done for the day. So you're losing out on a premium hand. Every, every professional trader will tell you, what we're looking for is premium. We're looking for those pocket aces, okay? So the day that you can make two, three, four, five grand for the first 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you're in a very, very bullish scenario, playing a premium hand. So the last thing you wanna do is say to yourself, well, I'm up a grand for the day, I'm done. And you don't realize you 
that one grand could turn into 3,000, could turn into 6,000, could turn into 10,000 because you're riding that euphoric, euphoric hand. You're riding those pocket aces. And I don't care how, you know, how misguided you are, everybody eventually plays pocket aces. And the most important part is if you remove the P&L box, those pocket aces really turn out to something. Um, on the way down, it's even more important to turn off your P&L. I already know on my tier size, let's, you know, let, on my tier size, and let's just use any, any, let's just use a thousand share lots. Just make it easier. I already understand if I'm putting on a trade and the stock goes a dollar against me, I know, I know mentally, I mean, I know I can do the math, you know, put on a thousand shares, down a, you know, down a point, you're down a grand. Okay. But mentally, if you see it, visually, if you see it, that thousand turns into a hundred, might as well turn into a hundred thousand because your next trade you don't want to get down 1200 You don't want to get down 1500 So what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to trade the P&L and not trade the setup. Okay, So you could be looking at a five-star setup. A stock comes out of a two-month range, comes out, you know, takes a 20, 30-cent spike, comes back, into your, you know, turn, comes back into your entry, goes down 10, 15 cents. You're already down a grand. You're mentally already distraught. You sell the position at a 10, 15 cent loss. Next thing you know, 35 seconds later, the stock's at the highs of the day. So you're mentally already destroyed. You're, you're done. You're done. Once you're, once you're trading your PL instead of the setup, you might as well, you might as well, you know, wrap it up for the day because nothing good is ever going to happen when you're trading the PL. And the more deeper and deeper you get into the day, the more erratic mistakes you're doing. The more eager you are, the more you're, if you're a man, the more testosterone levels are rising, okay? And all you're doing is committing further and further into emotionally protecting your P&L and not trading, uh, trading the setup the proper way. So that's my kind of my first tip. Everybody goes through slumps, okay? Everybody goes through slumps. I've had, I had a week um, two months ago, okay? Two months ago, I went from having one of my top three biggest weeks to prior prior, you know, prior week to just not getting anything going. I mean, I went through Monday through Thursday. I couldn't make a dime. I wasn't really losing any money. I just couldn't make a dime. Like everything was wrong, right? Everything was wrong. Stocks were, um, snapping back out of breaking down out of bottom channels on shorts. Stocks were getting rejected on longs. There was reload sellers on my longs. There were re reload buyers on my shorts. Just nothing went right. You know, nothing went right. And I sat there, you know, I sat there a couple of days and I just started laughing. I, there's no, eventually start laughing. You, you can't, you know, you can't take this business, um, you can't take this business to heart, okay? You can't think that, th that this is, this is, you know, every bad thing is pointed at, at you, okay? You'll go through these horrific times that you can't get anything going. You'll go through these horrific times, like perfect example, I, I last year, about, about a year ago, uh, I don't know if you, any of your listeners remember, there was... A huge run into the close on close on these ag stocks, these uh, potash and intrepid potash and all these stupid things. And I took um, intrepid potash overnight, and the whole group was like down twenty five percent the next day. The next day, I mean, it was just I was like, "What? Wait, wait a minute! You tell me there's no specific company news, and I'm down four bucks on this trade, which is insane." And mentally, I was like, "Well, I could try to make this money back today." Okay. Let me see what the market gives me today. Okay, let me see because I, I've learned long enough. The revenge trade does not work. Okay, anytime you have any type of raw emotion going into a trade, you're going to mess it up. 
Okay, so what I learned a long time ago is there's not one event, bad event in your trading career that should be able to take you out of your game. Okay, uh, things happen all the time. Stocks get downgraded, uh, bad, you know, FDA news. You know, I try not to trade a lot of biotech, especially overnight, because um, they blow up all the time. Um, but the most important part of everything is I understand the highs and lows of this business because of what I went through after after 9-11. So for me, when I go on a really big hot streak, I, I'm not impressed because I expect to make money. Obviously, uh, every trade that I put on, I feel like I'm going to make money. I feel there's certain days um, I can walk on water and then there's days I can't get anything going. You know what I mean? And those days you just say to yourself, you know what? It just wasn't meant to be. You don't need to keep on piling on positions. I could, I could figure out within the first 30 minutes if I'm going to have value in the day. Uh, so if I'm wrong in the first couple of trades, what's the point of me keep on piling it on, right? Because it escalates. It escalates very, very quickly. You could go from being down three grand to be down eight grand. Eight grand turns into 14. 14 turns into 21. What's the point? Cut yourself off. Understand there's, you know, you're not getting a premium hand. Okay. Uh, emotionally, there's nothing you can do. You can't cry your money back to you. Okay. Um, so, you know, but the most important part when you go through a slump, okay, just realize that, you know, sometimes the easiest thing to do is just take a step back. Okay. Take a step back. Just watch the market. Watch the, watch the order flow. Sometimes order flow won't translate into what's going on on the surface. It just won't because order flow most of the time will not be organic. Okay. And that's where social media that a lot of these people, you know, tout and hype these stocks for everybody to jump in, you know, all that stuff. Uh, so you got to just take a step back and just say, Hey, look, you know, it's just not my day. Maybe it's not my two days, but you know what? I know what I, I know what I need. I know what I want. And until I get those premium hands, there's no point to do it. Um, the problem a lot of traders have is just, they can't accept defeat. Okay. And there's a bigger, you know, there's a bigger, there's a big picture there. Okay. And you go back into the theory of war, right? There's plenty of battles that are lost, right? Plenty of battles. Battles are lost all the time. The most important thing is to win the war. So I could lose a battle, right? I could fight with Tesla. And, you know, there's a reload seller sitting there at the top of the range. And it just, the guy won't let go. The guy won't let go. And you know what? I'll figure that part out. You know, once it breaks the range, I'll get out. I'll take my loss. But I'm not going to lose the war on one trade. And I see it all the time that many traders are so fixated about being right instead of fixated about trading properly. And that snowballs into day after day after day until they realize, you know what, this is just not for me. And the saddest part about the whole trading cycle is people will, most people will never uh, trade up to their potential, okay, because they won't give themselves a chance to playing those premium hands and they take everything to heart and they believe that everything they do is the result of bad things just everything bad you know some somebody just has this evil eye on you and the reality is you know what the market most of the times won't get you won't give you what you want uh, most of the times it won't celebrate your existence all the market wants to do is take your money and take your confidence because remember I could go on, and this is, this is a very important point, I could go on a run three weeks in a row, right? Three weeks in a row, have a magnificent run. And this is how fragile us, us traders are. 
you can go two days without making money and you've completely lost your confidence. Think about that. Think about how many times tra traders have done that. You could go on a three-week run doing the same thing every day, every day, every day, every day. You lose money two days in a row. You start questioning everything you did for your whole career. Okay, And I say this all the time. You don't lose your confidence. It gets transferred to another trader. Okay, It gets transferred to another trader Okay, because you can't lose something that is obviously shown you promise or prosperity in the past. You're just a product of what's happening in the moment. And just sometimes we can't control what we see in the markets. So instead of snowballing it, letting it go out two, three, five days, take a step back. You know, do something nice for yourself. Okay. Get a massage. Okay. Go to the beach. Go to the pool. Go to the sauna. Do something nice for yourself. Okay. Um, and when you clear your head, you come back, just watch the order flow. Is it telling you the same thing that it told you two weeks ago? Is it telling you the same thing, hell, that it told you two days ago? What's different about this tape today that wasn't different from a week ago? Okay. And little by little, when you take the step back, you finally kind of see it in a weird way. You kind of see it. And once you see it, you can start making adjustments. And remember, at the end of the day, everything we do is all adjustments. It's one big adjustment because I say this all the time. The stock market has been around God knows how long, you know. What was it, 1887, 1897, whatever it was? But trading, the art of physically trading for yourself is less than 25 years old, okay? So we are all still looking for answers. Think about that. We're all looking for answers. Everybody's in the same boat. The market changes all the time. The nuances changes all the time. Technology is changing by the second, okay? Um, chart patterns get obsolete. Uh, strategies go away, okay? Um, so we're, we're all in the same boat, man. We're all looking for that next edge. The problem is most traders are fixated on what they think is the right thing to do. And I say it all the time. If 90% of the traders are losing money, why would you be in the same boat as them? Right? Why would you be looking at the same thing? Why would you be looking at the same indicator in the same studies, uh, in the same matter, hell in the same stocks. Um, so slumps are controllable. Okay, for most of my friends, like I, I don't hear anymore any of my buddies for years that you know are going through something more than like a month. Like you can have a bad month. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, knock on wood, I've been doing you know pretty, pretty well uh, for the last several years. But you know, it's very common that you can go on a big run and then just things don't work. It just happens, and I think mentally you just have to get away. You know, go on vacation, take a couple of days off, go to the Hamptons. You know, it's summertime. Uh, take, you know, take your kids to the park, do something, you know, do something that's for you that has nothing to do with, uh, bids and offers, uh, get mentally centered, man. And I tell people all the time, like I used to listen to music every single day, certain days I want to be depressed. Sometimes I trade better when I'm angry. So I'll listen to Sade and that woman gets me depressed as hell, right? Can you imagine listening to Sade before the bell rings, right? Some woman in Somali with no shoes. My God, man, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't want to hear this, but you know, it gets me depressed. And sometimes I trade better when I'm angry. Some people, you know, do yoga, meditate, right? Um, take Pilates, uh, go for a run, do, do something that mentally is going to make you happy. And slumps are, are there. They're part of the business. Uh, it's the cost of doing business. But at the end of the day, everybody goes through it. Okay. Um, everybody, um, absorbs them eventually. 
but they embrace them at the same time because it, it, it makes you uh, go through your adjustments. And again, at the end of the day, the modern day trader or the modern trader in, in general is just one adjustment away from being uh, from from not being profitable to being profitable, and once you get that one edge, you you ride it until you know until it stops working. Absolutely, now that's that's an awesome answer, Dan. Thanks for really really going deep on that. That was really cool. So I'm keen to ask you about um, another topic, um, slightly different from what we've covered already, and that would be routine. How important is routine on a trading day? Um, like, do you have a routine that you follow? Yeah, I have. Absolutely. Um, here, here's, here's the deal kind of putting how, you know, generally how I look at a day. Well, number one, when there's, when there's a tr- uptrending market, I don't even want to day trade. I, I couldn't care less about day trading. Day trading for me is subsidized cash flow. Uh, that's all it is. Uh, I make my money as a swing trader when there's a trending market, there's defined ranges, everything is moving in a direction. Uh, so for me, you know, just managing my book is the most important part. That's it. I don't care about day trading. You know, it doesn't make a difference to me. There's Scalp, uh, Apple, Google. It's irrelevant. My core positions are my core positions. I trade around them. Uh, when they're down, I try to protect them. Um, so, but in a market like this, which I believe right now is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, cash flow market. I think uh, the ranges have been just phenomenal. Um, I think the consolidation of these ranges have been great. My routine every day, you know, every single day is number one, I used to hear this and I think a lot of, a lot of traders hear this also. There's an old adage and it says that smart money, actually I'm sorry, dumb money trades in the morning and smart money trades in the afternoon. And I used to sit there and I said to myself, well, that doesn't make sense to me because I trade in, in the morning. And, and again, as I, I, you know, I, I joke around all the time, you know, I might be the self-proclaimed king of the idiots, but I'm not stupid. So by somebody telling me that the dumb money trades in the morning, it, I didn't understand that. Okay, I didn't understand that. But if you break that down, if you break down that statement, think about this. There's two kinds of people, there's two kinds of traders. The one that was profitable the day before and the one that lost money, right? There's nothing in between. You either lost money or you made money, okay? So the psychology behind this is the guy who made money can't wait, right? You see here all the time, ooh, is it, is it you know, ooh, I can't wait for the next day, you know, again, <laughs> which is completely rid- ridiculous. But that person, okay, is already emotionally committed because he feels, he or she feels that they are, that they've turned the corner, right? They turned the corner and they're waiting for day two uh, to start trading, start putting together a winning streak. The trader who lost money is, say, is waking up and say, well, it's a new day. Forget about what happened. It's time to redeem myself, baby, right? Today's turnaround Tuesday, right? Today's turnaround Tuesday. Today's the day. So they're gung-ho. This, is good. this goes for a lot of new traders, a lot of young traders, a lot of young men as well. You got your juices flowing. Again, your testosterone is off the charts. 9.30 rings. You are ready to jump out of your shoes, right? That damn opening bell rings. You're ready to go. So the emotional money always flows in the first three hours of the day, okay? One guy is playing catch-up. One guy is trying to increase or add on to what he did the next day. So the candles, if you notice, the first hour and a half or so, two hours or so, the candles are much more exaggerated to the upside 
and to the downside because people are chasing chasing the rainbow. Okay, one guy is trying to play catch up to get his money back. The other guy is trying to extend his gains. Okay, so they're trying to jump on the hot stock or the Trump tried on you know jumping on the hot trend or the the hot range or the hot news and the biggest exaggerated moves are for the first three hours. So I try to, if I'm trading cash flow, number one, I already have an idea what I want to do. You know, I already have an idea from the night before, if I'm trading G Pro, if I'm trading Apple, if I'm trading uh, the IWM, like for example, tonight, I already have a specific plan course of action for tomorrow. So if we gap down tomorrow, right, and uh, the market starts going red to green, like I want to buy spies, I want to buy IWM. So I already have a course of action. So I feel that if more, sh for example, like specifically if it's tomorrow, so if I feel that if shorts are caught on a washout, you know, and they capitulate on the bottom of the range and all the volume is, we're, we're going to have this snapback uh, dead cat bounce. So my mental, mental approach for the next trading day, specifically for tomorrow, is, okay, I know what I want to happen. And if the dumb money, right, if the dumb money, as we were all taught that the dumb money trades in the morning, if the dumb money starts chasing that specific course of action, everything should be fine. Okay, and that first three hours will give you the biggest emotional commitment to the market by traders, whether they're uneducated or whether they are educated is a different story. But that first three hours is the most important part for me. Now, 90% of my cash flow day is done by by lunchtime. You know, maybe I'll do a trade here and there in the afternoon. But the afternoon, it's more of a positioning period. Okay, because traders. Uh, a lot of traders, they're positioning for the next day. So if you notice, a lot of stocks, and I talk about this in live webinar all the time, a lot of stocks are pinned or pegged to their specific range breakout level. So that's why a lot of stocks, people will buy these stocks in the afternoon, and they'll go up a little bit, and they'll crash, and only to see them go up the next day. Because think about it, a stock usually will put in 90 95% of its range in the first <clears throat> three, three and a half hours. Okay. So by the time the afternoon rolls around, it's exhausted, right? It's like you're, 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 you're climbing the Empire State Building. They say, hey, uh, you just climbed 60 stories. You're like, oh, great. I did it. It's a victory. Oh, by the way, you got to climb up another 60 to get to the top, right? You're going to be exhausted. And that's exactly what the stocks do. They, they get exhausted by the afternoon. And most traders will not recognize this. And most traders will commit to the afternoon session realizing that there's no money there most of the time. There's no money there unless you're trading uh, the fades because a lot of stocks do give up gains uh, towards the end of the day. And that's where a lot of the stocks really get washed out. Uh, they're especially high flying throughout the day that are starting to put in uh, lower highs on several, uh, several channels. Um, but the interval in the morning is the most important part for me. Um, I can make, make, it a, you know, make my day in the first two, two and a half hours and kind of babysit my positions from the morning. Uh, going to the afternoon. If I have a good runner, I'll keep it overnight. Uh, but it's very, very important to me not to play catch up. Okay. Because if you miss your window, like if I miss my window in the morning, knowing that the biggest emotional commitment is in the morning, I don't play catch up. I don't need to play catch up in the afternoon. I don't need to see my PL uh, green for the day because you know what? Tomorrow's the next day. You know, tomorrow's another day. And, I'll, and if, I, if I get the premium hand the following day, then fine. I mean, what premium can I possibly expect? If I miss my first three and a half hour window, three hour window, Where's my premium in the afternoon, right? If I know everything's getting pegged, where's the premium in the afternoon? And there is none. And, you know, you go from back from playing premium cards to playing the two nine offsuit again. And uh, most free traders just don't know, know that. So routine is a very, very important part. 
Um, you know, some people love trading pre-market. Somebody loves trading aftermarket. For me, I look at it and say, look, if I can't make money for seven hours in the day, what the hell is the point of me trading for another three hours? Okay, I have young kids. I'd rather spend my time with them. Um, so a routine is very, very important. Um, I think you can't compromise your process. I think you can't uh, prostitute your account, okay, and put it to uh, you know put it to the fire. Uh, you know, trading is not a sport. It's not supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to make you happy. It's not supposed to give you a boost of uh, adrenaline. It's supposed to be boring, lethargic, um, very uh, you know very orderly and just treat it like a business. So routine is definitely important. Uh, just the way a restaurant opens up every single day, they, uh, you know, they set the tables, they, um, you know, the lunch crowd comes in and if somebody orders, uh, you know, a 10 ounce filet mignon, they don't put it out on, uh, you know, on, on a paper plate, right? Cause they're not going to prostitute their business for the sake of, 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 uh, you know, going through the motions. So same thing, you know, same thing as trading. Trading is a business. You want to make sure it's it's functioning properly, and like every other business, you have to you have to recognize that number one, uh, just to use the restaurant analogy, your crowd on the Monday afternoon or Monday evening or Tuesday evening will be a lot slower than it will be on a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Um, and you go with that approach. You go with that approach, and you know you don't you don't subsidize. Okay, you don't subsidize for the point of clicking a mouse. You do what you have to do to make sure you're around tomorrow. And I say this all the time, I don't care what your process is, there's not one trade out there there's more important that will compromise what you've been doing as a process as a whole. So um, again, like we, when we talk about there's a lot of moving parts, there's tremendous amount of moving parts. And again, the more you're exposed to the markets every single day, uh, the more you'll see them and you'll kind of have an idea how uh, the movie's gonna end at the end. I like it. Awesome answer, Dan. So let's just do one more question and then that'll probably take us through. Sure, so, sure. I mean, I have to ask you about uh, your mentor. So uh, Meyer Offman, who you mentioned briefly at the beginning, what are some of the standout traits and maybe the characteristics that you believe make him such an insanely successful trader? Well, here, here it is. Meyer here, we, we had some notable guys with us. Um, we had some notable guys. We had also another guy that, um, for all you guys who are exposed to the prop world, there was a guy uh, that I started trading with years ago. His name was Jason Lieber. Okay, Jason was a disciple of Meyer. Okay, a lot of us were disciple of Meyer. He was a partner at this place uh, called Schottenfeld. Uh, Schottenfeld Associates that he left, started a hedge fund four years ago. Uh, he took the hedge fund from like $4 million to $100 million, Okay. And he used the principles what Meyer taught us. And Meyer, and here's the one misconception. Okay, here's the one misconception. Meyer was never a guy who would sit you down next to him and say, this is what you should be doing. He was more of, you're being a putz. And what, what you're being a putz used to mean was, you're completely doing something that is outside of your personality. So Meyer believed in the idea of stocks will go higher after they go lower, right? So your, your complete principle of, well, Warren Buffett, right? You buy low, you sell high, okay? Meyer's thinking was, if a stock is high, it's going to come in, and then it's going to go much higher, okay? And considering the environment we were in, time will make you right, okay? So there wasn't a specific thing he ever sat me down 
and said, hey, Dan, you know what? You should be doing this or you should be doing that or avoiding this. Because remember, we were all products of the internet craze. But what he did teach me was something very, very simple. Okay. You're not smarter than the market. You're not. Okay. If something's going higher, okay, it's not overbought. I don't care. It's up 35 days in a row. It's not overbought. You know why it's not overbought? As long as somebody is willing to pay that price, okay, and there's a fair and orderly market, that means fair value for the stock is that price. So what Maya used to tell me is very simple, and people used to say this all the time. When the market was finally coming in, right, when the market was coming in, and he said, whatever goes down should go lower. So in other words, Cisco, people saying all the time, Cisco is at 150. There's no way Cisco will go to 120. No way goes 100. Won't break 100. Breaking 75? Breaking 50? No way it goes to 20. I'm a buyer at 15, right? So the reality of what Meyer's greatest influence, and I think what I, um, what I really absorbed back then was price action dictates everything, okay? My opinion means, not, means nothing, means nothing, means absolutely nothing. I could look at a chart, I could grab all the data, I could analyze it 12 ways through Friday, okay? My opinion doesn't matter. If price action is saying something that's different than my thesis, then price action is the king. And I am not smarter than price action. As, as my wife says all the time, you're an idiot. You don't know anything, right? I don't know how to do anything. I would have to pay three people to screw in a light bulb, okay? But I did figure out this game a long time ago. And the greatest gift that Meyer taught me was that don't fight price action. Forget about the trend. Don't fight price action, okay? Price action is everything. Bad news comes out. The market absorbs it, takes it higher. Don't think about it. The market is screaming at you that they're embracing bad news. That's bullish. Good news comes out. The market is embracing it as bad news. Don't try to fight it. Okay. Don't try to you know analyze a headline. If people are selling a headline, that means they're selling the he headline. That means the stock goes lower. So don't overanalyze. Be proactive. Whether that's sitting on the sidelines, that's up to you. Because I see it all the time now in this specific tape. Well, you got to be patient. Every day you got to be patient, right? The, the, big, the biggest bull market is you got to be patient. Oh, you got to sit on your hands. Why? Why? Sitting on your hands is for lack of process, right? Lack of strategies. And that's why there's a big difference between what a stock picker is and what a professional trader is. And there's nothing wrong with being a, a stock picker. If you're a long bias guy, this is probably not the market for you, but there's nothing wrong with it, but at least proactive, be proactive about it. Um, own up to it. Say, you know what? This is just not for me. And it'll be an easier, easier day down the road. But price action is king. Meyer was uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal trader. Phenomenal. I mean, he would be managing 30, 50 stocks at a time. His P&L would be up, you know, a million dollars here, a million dollars there for the day, for the day. Um, you know, it, it'd be insane. And I used to, you know, to be all honest, I used to get depressed looking at it because, you know, <laughs> you know, you see a million dollars, uh, you know, you know, you're trying, you know, you're trying to get back and you're up like 20, you know, 20, 30 grand, and, you know, which is again, nobody, nobody's complaining. Uh, but when you, when you start making decent money and then, you know, you obviously get to the pinnacle of your, of your, of your, uh, you know, session when you see a guy making a million dollars, it depressed you, never motivated me, depressed, you know, depressed the crap out of me. Holy crap. How's this guy making a million dollars a day? Um, not every day, obviously, but, uh, you know, he used to go on these runs and, uh, he was awesome. You know, he was awesome. Um, again, a lot of us were, uh, disciples from his tree 
Um, you know, listen again, I you know I I never I've never been embarrassed to be uh, to say that I'm you know I was fortunate enough to be uh, a byproduct of the internet craze. Uh, but the, the sad reality is I went through so much, uh, mentally, uh, emotionally that, you know, scarred me for many, many years. And the ironic part of it is I started trading in the end of 98, start of 99, but I became a trader roughly around 2004, uh, middle, middle of 2003, 2004. So, uh, it's not easy guys. You know, it's not easy, um, by no stretch of the imagination, uh, but the one piece of advice I will give to you, uh, if you are committed to this business, uh, turn off social media, uh, read, read good blogs. I'm not talking about some 19 year old kid that made $3,000 read. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I encourage young traders. If I started trading at 19, man, it would be, it would have been great. You know, I, I'm so jealous of these, these young kids, 19, 20, 21 years old, they're making all this money and it's phenomenal, phenomenal. But, you know, read depth, read what, you know, veteran traders have done. Guys like Barton Biggs and, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, guys like, um, uh, what's that guy's name? I mean, a lot of these old, older guys, um, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm skipping, I'm, I'm, it's getting late in the evening. I'm skipping a lot of names. Uh, but you know, just read what people have gone through, you know, we read their experiences and not the good experiences. Nobody cares about the good experiences. Read what, you know, read what people have gone through, you know, personal lives, you know, every trader I know has blown out every trader. I know, uh, Meyer blew out, you know, three, four years ago from first New York, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's the reality. Everybody knows it. So everybody blows out. Everybody uh, has you know rough patches in their life. Um, you know you have to have good people around you. Uh, no leeches. No bloodsuckers. No yes men. Uh, no you know no uh, you know no salesmen. Uh, you know really understand the nuances of this business. You know try new things. And I hear people all the time. Well, I'm only an option trader. I don't believe in equities. Well, but you know you trade weekly options. Yes. Well, you you, you do realize weekly options. 70, 70, 75% expire worthless. Well, I didn't know that. Well, <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, you know, try to expose yourself to different things. You know, try to trade options, try to trade E-minis if you can, uh, uh, try to trade small caps, mid caps, large caps, high beta, uh, ETFs, which I'm a very, very big believer of. I haven't really traded too, mu too much ETFs in the last couple of months, but, um, you know, try everything. Uh, and if you want it bad enough, sometimes <laughs> it's just not good enough. It's the reality, man. Uh, I never sell dreams. I only only talk reality. Um, you can want it as bad as you want. You could be the nicest human being, but uh, you know, you really commit yourself to you know to omitting all the bad things that you're doing to yourself day in day out. Um, and if you have a good mentor or somebody that uh, uh, you respect, just keep asking questions. Keep on spamming them. Keep on uh, you know keep on. Uh, annoying them until until you get it right, man. And um, you know, again, you don't need to be right. You know, you don't need to be good on everything. You just need to be good at a few things. And um, you know, this market's changing. Uh, I try to tweak every single day. Um, like I've developed this uh, PS60 theory. Uh, nobody trades it but me. Uh, I stumbled onto bought it about a year ago because I was going through a couple of rough days, and by accident, I just saw something. I saw an arbitrage in the charts that. Uh, I'm using to this day and it's, it works pretty well. Um, but, uh, you know, stay up, man, stay up, you know, don't, don't think you're alone, man. Don't think you're alone. Um, you know, guys, you know, we're all, you know, products of, of bravado and we want to show, 
we want to show how how strong and manly we are. And you know, you know, I'm a, I, I'd like to present that in front of my kids, but sometimes, man, we're all human beings. You know, we laugh, we cry. Uh, we have our bad days mentally, you know, we just sometimes don't want to put up with anything. And, you know, those days of, you know, those days are what makes us, us, those are the days that makes us human beings. Forget about being traitors. So, um, you know, if it's meant to be, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the cruel reality. If it's meant to be, it's going to be, but, uh, don't shoot yourself in the process. That's the most important thing. Wait for premium setups, wait for premium hands. And no matter how you trade, uh, get that green light, man, get that wind at your back. And when you get it, you know, you got to push you know, push really hard because it doesn't last long. Okay. And, uh, stay up guys. You'll be all right. You know, you'll be all right for all you new guys. Um, you know, just keep studying, keep learning, filter out the noise, keep asking questions. And I, I think you'll be all right. Absolutely. Yeah. You hit on a ton of great points there and well, a ton of great points throughout the whole interview. So Dan, this has been really, really great. Thanks again for coming on and I really appreciate it. And Aaron, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you very much for having me. No trouble whatsoever. So before you go, can you share with listeners where they can go to find out more about you and also how they can connect with you? Yeah, I'm on I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter and uh, stock twits at uh, DanShep55. Uh, if anybody ever needs to, to reach me, you can just email me at uh, uh, accessatrader at yahoo.com. I don't dwell on acts as a trader because just like everything else, just one cog in my, you know, we, I run a seven hour live webinar. Um, I don't market the damn thing because again, if you haven't figured out what I do by now, who I am and the people that I deal with every single day, then you just don't get it. Uh, I think more people are, are impressed about the wrong things, about the bright lights. And I say it all the time, you know, when people come to New York, they're attracted by Times Square, but the rich people don't live in Times Square. Okay, the rich people live in the Upper East Side, Central Park, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, you can get in touch with me. I am I'm pretty accessible, hence the name Access a Trader. Uh, we do run a live seven-hour uh, webinar, which we go through live scenarios every single day. Uh, everything is laid out in front of you. There's no trick photography. There's no <laughs> there's no editing. Uh, we have a great group of human beings. A lot of older people who really get it. You know, a lot of people who get it. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a cool place. It's a cool place and started out as a kind of a, a hobby four and a half years ago, actually turned into a business. And like all my endeavors, I try to make sure I don't prostitute, I don't prostitute the, the product for uh, anything. So uh, feel free, you know, feel free to check us out. But and again, I don't really don't market it uh, a lot. And, uh, you know, everybody knows where we are. Uh, so if you need to stop by, ask us some questions, check out what we do. Uh, my pleasure. If not, we could always be... Uh, uh, social media buddies. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I think everyone's going to really, really enjoy this interview. Thanks again, Dan. And, awesome, Aaron. Uh, take care and let's talk soon. Thanks, buddy. Have a great evening, guys. You've come to the end of this episode of Chat with Traders, but don't worry, more great episodes are on the way. To stay updated with each great new episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, and we'd love it if you leave us a rating and review. We'll see you next time on Chat with Traders.